0: Hold on, one second. Emily! Where's my water? Oh no! I can't do podcasts with a parched throat! What time do you want? Wet! We only have dry! I'll take it. Thank you. This is the worst glass. The tiniest glass. Mm. Fields of Work. Hello everyone, this is Fields of Work, a podcast about brothers and work. I'm Sam, and that's Max. Good afternoon. All right. Good evening. Speed round. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to try and, you know, different cadences every time. Keeping people on their toes. Don't want to be predictable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're never. But predictable. I do you feel. Does it feel bad that I introduced you and you didn't get to introduce yourself? No, I'm all for it.
1: Really? Know, I'm a-okay with that. <laughs> all right. We'll, Keep we'll make the your parts then. Yeah. If you want to talk about the farm hey, this week. Hey, everyone. You? I'm Max. I'm a farm. I'm afraid of a goose. That's, that's how I sound. <laughs> I mean... What you said was true but <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I got the I got the content right if not the form. Yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. Check in round. Max, what's Sam. the story behind your name? Keep in mind that mom and dad are listening to this, so they know the well, true story.
1: Yes, I don't know the story. I think the story behind my first name is it's just a name that they could settle on that they that they liked. But my middle name is where I think that was the I'll only story too. You were talking. the
0: last. You were the last kid. So there were no, la- there were no names
1: left. No names left. You know? Exactly. Max is yeah. the last one. The last name. Yep. And I think mom and dad would tell you that uh, you know they thought they were being pretty original with Max. And then I played on a hockey team I think with three or four other Maxes one year. <laughs> but yeah. that's how it goes. But my middle name, I feel like. And I'm probably gonna butcher this story, and then we'll hear about it. But my middle name is Otis, and the story we were I was told was that um, Dad said to Mom at one point that if we have a fifth boy, I want to name him Otis, and Mom said, Yeah, sure. If we have a fifth boy, we'll name him Otis. Like that's not gonna happen. Um, and so lo and behold, Mom is pregnant with me, and Dad is, says, So you're gonna name him? you name are gonna name him Otis, right? And mom and grandma and nan were not going to let that fly. There was no way that they were going to have a, a a little a little run around with the first name Otis. And no offense so, to any Otises listening to this. No, I podcast. love. Well, this is, this it's is a great the name. moral of the stories. I I love that name. Um, but it got it got demoted to my middle name, and then they they settled on Max or Maxwell for my first name. Um, but I mean, growing up, I didn't really care. I didn't really like the name Otis, just because when you're a kid in you know elementary school, it's just. Having a weird – as you'll know, having a weird (laughs) other name, (laughs) um, people are just kind of thrown off by it. But now that I'm older, I'm like – I always toy and joke about the idea of like when I went to a new place, I should have just embraced – Otis yeah. as my uh, as my as my first name. How did you um, not decide to do that when you showed up at your new farm? How are you not just Otis to everybody who works there? Right. I know I, one of my bosses, one of the owners, is is trying to keep calling me Farmer Otis because he likes it a lot, and I'm I'm nice. totally okay with it. But I just couldn't I couldn't uh, fully commit to the the bit. I don't think, dude. It's um, like a it's like
0: a marketing tool for them. If they can say they have a farmer named Otis, that's got to be valuable. <laughs> that's got to be worth something. Maybe you can sell your naming right maybe as a yeah i'll be be, otis you you tack you know an extra 10 bucks an hour on on
1: what i'm doing for y'all i'll be i'll be whatever you want to call me i'll be gertrude (laughs) i think i was i think i was trying to save you know the power of farmer otis for when i'm doing my own thing you know in the future Uh, uh when i open my own farm whatever i end up calling it you know there's then that's the that's the breakout performance for farmer otis um that or when i just i feel like maybe when i hit I'm not sixty years old. I can transition from Farmer Max into Farmer Otis,
0: or um, you kill a yeah. man and you have to be on the run and you have to change your entire identity,
1: or kill a goose. You know
0: maybe a well loved goose happen, or a rooster. Yeah, I don't know why I would ever do that. You know, Kill also a goose. I'm just thinking through my plan a little bit more too, and realizing that if you were on the run and trying to change your identity, you probably wouldn't <laughs> use your middle name. You gotta go with you know. one step further, maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah,
1: maybe maybe one step further than that. But right. that is the story behind my middle name, at least, I think.
0: What about you? Cool. I didn't know you had a name story. Uh, I got a couple little little tidbits of, of naming knowledge, I think. And again, my memory, terrible. Just it, My brain is like, like pudding up there. Just not very good. Mm-hmm. So this could all be made up. I'm not really sure. However, first, pretty sure mom and dad thought I was going to be a girl. And I, my name was going – do you know what my name was going to be? If I was a girl. Oh, wait. Oh, n- no. I remember Sydney. Nate's second name. Named it, uh, you're going to be a Sydney. Sydney. I believe I was going to be a Sydney. Um, but then, surprise, I'm a boy. Um, <laughs> and they named me Sam. And I think mom has told me there was no real story behind it other than it just sounds like a friendly name. Um, yeah. And I think she's got that, that right. I mean, Sam and Max – no, I mostly know dogs named Sam and Max and I was people gonna say we're dogs. dog names.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're dog boys. And Otis. Milo and Otis. Wait, yeah, Milo Otis and Otis, Otis. I can't remember.
0: Uh, no, Otis is the dog. Okay. See so it just keeps uh, going. I get double dog name. Yeah. So we are we're really the dog the dog brothers. Um, and then yeah. my middle name, Otha, uh, granddaddy Otha. great um, great great-grandfa- grandfather, right? Yes, I think. Yeah. dad's grandfather it's all a little hazy to me sometimes it
1: is however you know, one day we'll get him on one day we'll get somebody out from our kentucky there family was an we'll older really man who we called
0: granddaddy otha who lived in kentucky and he passed away a long time ago do you even remember him at all no i don't remember him, him uh, you had the old horse right charlie they had a very they had a horse old as old as he was the oldest horse <laughs> i've ever seen and and that horse was the oldest horse I'd ever seen since the day I met that horse, and that yeah. horse was around for a while. Um, they should have studied and, that horse. <laughs> yeah, and they also had a bunch of beagles um, that they like raised. I think they were beagles. No, hound dog. Wait, that's the same thing. Yeah, beagles. beagles a hound. Yeah, beagles. They bark real <laughs> loud and annoying, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a whole bunch of beagles. Um, so yeah, O T H O very uncommon name. The only other place I have heard it is that apparently there was a Roman emperor who spelled his name the same way. I doubt pronounced Otha probably more like mm. Otho I don't or Otho I don't really know. Um, but it is pronounced Otha, even though it's spelled O T H O. And I'm pretty sure I've told the story before. But when I was um, teaching, one of my favorite things to do was to promise my class some sort of outlandish reward if they could figure out my middle name and then just string them along for weeks at a time, giving them hints. And they still could never get it, even if I gave them the first two letters. And it just always made yeah. me a
1: lot of happy. They'd probably guess my middle name Otis, Otto, oh, yeah. Othello. No. Yeah. You run out of them pretty quick. Otter. Maybe, maybe you're – Otter, otter. <laughs> I, yeah.
0: Otter was always like one of the first ones they guessed because they thought they, – like, they, they they figured like, oh, it's like – it's a word that we know, but it's not yeah. usually a name. Oh, it's got to be Otter. Like, no, we had like, hippie was parents that named <laughs> us all after animals. Yeah. Um, so mom and dad, I know you're listening. If we got that wrong, um, you know, give us some follow-up. You can email me at Sam, uh, samsperlin at gmail.com. Or text text me, or you know, (laughs) talk to me with your fight with your mouth face. Uh, all right. I feel checked in. Are you checked in? Feeling checked in, Max. I have a question for you. Does it feel like a lot more people are listening right now? Do you feel it? it Yeah, a little little bit more, like
1: higher stakes right now. Yeah, there's definitely a a weight on my shoulders. Um, You know, I'm trying to pick my words, you know, so wisely. And I can just tell. And Sam, why would there why would there be more people listening to this well, ever? Uh- <laughs> after literally
0: years of me running the Ready's newsletter and never mentioning this podcast, because Thank you for that. even though we occasionally talked about Ready stuff, I just never never really felt quite right for me to be writing the Ready's newsletter and be like, hey, here's my fun podcast on the side. You all should go listen to it. However, <laughs> somebody else is running the the Ready newsletter now, and she does a very good job. And she asked if she could include our episode from last week in the newsletter. And I said, sure, that is a very excellent idea. So she did. So that means not that everyone clicked on it, but at least, you know, 10,000-ish people got an email in their inbox that had a little blurb about about this here podcast. And you have to think, at least one stuck around, right? Like at least one was like... I will subscribe to this. I want to hear what else these doofuses have to say. Is the plural of doofus doofuses or doofi? <laughs> I,
1: don't, I, don't, I think we can decide that. <laughs> I think it's uh, doofi. I don't think It happens often.
0: It's dofy. It. The oracles of dufi Yeah. Um, the doofi of. Okay. Anyway, well, so just wanted yeah. to you know say that, and if it feels a little higher
1: stakes, it's because honestly, it is. Well, I wish you know I had higher quality content for this. Uh, this this new this new episode where people are listening to, but you know what? Is there a, um, is go there listen a speci- to some old ones.
0: Yeah, but say, <laughs> is there a specific episode that you would want a new listener to to listen to?
1: Um, well, we talked about it. when we restarted it here earlier this year. We we kind of started over as in you know, an episode I think it was thirty seven was like, hey, you could listen to this as the first one and oh, feel right. like you didn't you know you what's you going didn't on, know
0: anything. You didn't need to know the characters. Yeah. You didn't need to know our backstories. We kind of reset you know. the show.
1: We tried it. We stopped all the famous bits we used to do, Those voices yep. and characters, you know, so many farmsy, all those favorite, all those favorite characters people loved. Um, Farm- and we started for, Yeah. I think are you doing just, a bit uh, or was that an actual character that we had? No, that was, that was a bit. That was a bit. Okay. Thanks for running with it. Nothing, <laughs> nothing helps a bit like calling it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's that, it's that, it's that improv technique. Everyone's familiar with yes. And much yeah. lesser known is the wait, what?
1: yeah that's uh sam's improv improv class (laughs) it's really really bring it to a halt put the person on the spot (laughs) make them dig deeper into the bit um but you know i would actually i'll uh mini project for myself is i'll go back and look at them because i do feel like every now and then we finish an episode and i think like all right that was actually like i felt like we had some pretty good conversations about whatever it was uh like last week felt like that and i'm glad that people are maybe listening to that one because it felt like even as we were recording like okay we were having not that our conversation isn't normally meaningful but um last week felt like okay this is actually a bit you know we're getting at something here i could see a third party listening to this and thinking like wow i wouldn't listen to this if i didn't like these two people kind of thing um last week felt like it had maybe a little bit more for people to uh, bite into if you if you're not a fan of our personalities
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you're not a but, fan of our personalities i'm really not sure what you're doing listening to this like please yeah. i'm actually begging you to stop listening if you don't like our personalities. because there's so much better things to do in your life than listen to a yeah. podcast of two guys you don't particularly enjoy your answer was so well thought through and and considered i'm just scrolling through our website here trying to figure out which episode it is where you spent the most time talking about Flossie. <laughs> and it's, it's either uh... it's either the premise of a goose it's where we kind yeah. of, like, really meet Flossie, I think, for the first time. And I think maybe Eating an Animal You Hate had a decent amount of Flossie
1: talk in it. A couple of yeah, those earlier like, ones. There were a few back-to-back ones. There was a week where I described my incident with Flossie and the rooster um, that, yeah, I think maybe was, maybe is a premise of a goose. <laughs> it might be the episode. Um, yeah. yeah, there was always those – those stories are more entertaining than um, – when I was dealing with the the kind of gross lambs back in Massachusetts, yeah, <laughs> looking at their lambs. eyes and stuff and doing parasitic, you know, tests and things. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the cheese test, the
0: famacha test. Yeah, I remember yeah, things. Look at that. You do remember things Put um, on toast for lunch. And we're also and
1: we're also, you know, we're a learning podcasts. That's the other thing. You know, <laughs> learning
0: a learning podcast. Mm-hmm. Who's doing uh, the learning? Our listeners or us? Or everybody. everybody. So Everyone's it's learning. all around. Um, Cool. All right. Well, if you are listening to this because you found it through the Ready's newsletter, Um, I guess the only thing I uh, welcome, first of all. Second, I think last week's episode was a bit of an aberration in that it had a lot of me talking, and that is not normally. We try to be more equal uh, in in speaking time. So, you know, it's not always going to be the Sam show, but when it is –
1: it's a good episode. <laughs> oh man. It's a good I like,
0: episode.
1: I feel like in the I feel like there had been quite a few max heavy podcasts when I first yeah. got here, so it all balances out in the
0: end. You were do yeah, you and, had the fun new, you know, in a new state, new farm, you're in charge, figuring all the stuff out, you have a walk behind mower with cool attachments. Mm-hmm. You got clumpy dirt, you got a goose that hates you. You had a lot of
1: things going on. Things are calming yeah, down you, a little bit though, right? Yeah, they are. And I, I was you. You recapped that well, though. That was kind of that was <laughs> kind of the last three points, months, right?
0: <laughs> you yeah.
1: forgot, like you know, it froze a couple times. It oh, um, flash flood, flash yeah. flood,
0: freezing. Last week we heard about some mice. I think. Yeah, there was a uh, mouse problem. You had some bad some bad potting soil, which Ugh, yeah, I don't know if we spent. Just... I don't think we. I don't think we spent enough time really just getting into how you know how that really chaps your ass. It <laughs> did. It actually really does. I think, like, I can. Max, let it just let it go,
1: man. Just let us hear it.
0: Just get it off your chest. I can tell you want to go off.
1: I think I already described what made it bad potting soil. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. I yeah. There were chunks uh, of wood in it and stuff. Yeah, I bought. So I bought compost from this company first off, and don't even get me started. Don't really like this compost either. Um, Oh no! This compost, uh, ten yards of it, a lot of money, big old order of it came. Oh yeah, ten yards. That was only a
0: shit ton of compost.
1: Yeah, and. uh, Unincluded. Pun intended, and how, I mean. How am I, move, how am I moving all that, Sam? With your hands? Shoveling it into five-gallon buckets. Um, the one behind mower on the mower doesn't have a thing you can attach to? It does, but I'm really... I would then have to use shovels to fill up the thing that you pull behind the tractor, which is a little bit better, but uh, maybe someday. Um, it is Wait, how do
0: you pull something on the walk-behind tractor if you're the one behind the tractor? Because you can
1: move the handlebars and change the direction. What? So... You know the the when I so mount it things like, like the
0: you can so you become like a horse. You,
1: yeah. I mean, you would um, yeah. Actually, I'm trying to, try to think visually how that looks when you do the, uh, when you do the. I think it's called a manure spreader or compost spreader. Um, you might offset it to the side, and w- you can move the handlebars to the uh, side and walk to the side as it pulls. Um, okay. but you can the handlebars move all around it. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, there is. There is a method eventually maybe that I'll get into. Um, I just have to decide if it's worth wait, all right, spending so, $3,000 to get one. Yeah. Sorry, I keep distracting you. So we need to get deeper
0: into why this potting soil sucked. And now I'm curious about why the compost is bad.
1: Yeah. So compost, I mean, I, I was really trying to – I asked around about what, who other people use and trying to figure it out. There was one company. People were like, do not use their compost. They have actually make you sign a waiver because they've found such high like chemicals in their compost. Like You cannot oh, wait, be organic hold on. certified. How
0: are they – They make you
1: sign a waiver. How are they selling compost to anyone? I don't know. I think maybe it's something when you're like, you know, uh, a landscaping company or something, it's not as important when you're doing like flower beds and stuff, um, which is what a lot of these companies are pushing this stuff to, you know, that kind of uh, landscaping, not so much vegetable production, but they probably hand you the waiver after they've already loaded it up into your truck. Or they actually, after they drop it onto your property, like 10 yeah, yards of it, and exactly. they put the paper on top of it with a rock and just say, like, all right, <laughs> you could, you read that. <laughs> it's for you. Um, so this was a newer company that I found. I was like, all right, I'll give them a shot. I need actual – I use or I'm planning to use about 20 yards this uh, season. And um, I was like, oh, I'll just go half. I'll order 10 yards. I'll have them bring it out. Uh, the delivery guy was from Michigan. It was great. We chatted for uh, a bit. Nice. Was from Flint. It was pretty cool. He's wearing, he wearing a tiger's hat he saw my license plate was from Michigan so we we talked for a bit and brought it out and when they first delivered it honestly I was like okay this looks I mean <laughs> I don't have any great technique for saying is this good compost other than like I would say yeah
0: what is. is what do you look for I mean does it you want it to smell like real shitty right
1: No you don't because <laughs> oh, okay. that means the manure hasn't broken down really and if uh, the manure if you're getting a huge manure smell smell from it it's probably not been sitting that long and then there's probably actually the regulations you need to follow about when you plant into fields that had manure on them. So there's uh, rules about 90 days to hundred or 120 days, depending on what you're planting gotcha. after you put down yeah. manure, basically. So you basically are looking for it to smell earthy, like soil, you know, it's, um, usually it's fairly warm. You can also, ideally it looks like if they've screened it, which means there's not big chunks of stuff in that, um, There shouldn't be giant branches or anything in it. And so visually, like, it looked okay. I was like, all right, this isn't bad. And then I started to move it around and started getting shovelfuls, put them in buckets, and start taking them out to the field. And I just started, like, it was like a crappy kid's toy where, like, you're, like, digging around to find, like, dinosaur parts in a sandbox. But instead, I have a five-gallon, or I have a shovel, and I'm digging in every now and then I hit a pretty large stick. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's a stick. At least it's natural. I'll throw it to the side. Not a big deal. And then I'll dig in and I'll hit like a piece of plastic. And it's like, okay, this isn't great. And then I pull out like some, you know, fibers that are also plastic and smaller. There's like a bottle cap and like all these different things are in it. And it's obvious that the way they get their compost is from either home people composting at home, people throwing stuff into bins, you know, and then they bring it to their facility. And so stuff is getting tossed in that's obviously not compostable. And then – but to me, that just says, oh, so you didn't screen this compost at all. This is just – you let it yeah. sit and whatever. And then usually a good compost company would run that through a thing to sift out all the giant pieces, whether that's wood, plastic, whatever. Bottle and caps. they didn't do that. Bottle caps. <laughs> you know. And so I've just been – I mean like – I had I been thinking earlier on as I was doing this and not throwing the stuff away as I found it, I would have actually kept it all. And put it into a big, into a big jar. Yeah, and, and you can show up. You you yeah, scroll. Like, hey. You stroll up to them silently
0: with your jar of mishmash bullshit, and you just yeah. set it on their desk. And I mean, because I talked
1: when I was doing my order. I talked with them quite a bit before I ordered. And on the guy, they get super nice. Tied them on the phone and. Um, I mean, I think like, honestly, if I had done that, it would have just been a good way of telling them why I'm going to go use somebody else's compost, you know, like, and say like, I'm going to try a different company. Like, sorry, but this was in 10 yards. All of this was in my 10 yard, uh, you know, delivery. And I'm trying to be, you know, I'm not organic approved, but basically the same thing without this much rigmarole. Yeah. And so this just isn't going to fly. So that's been making me kind of angry. It's fine. There's definitely still nutrients in this. Do you compost. have enough, enough left where you can start keep setting those things aside? I think so, yeah. I still probably have four yards left. I'm, I'm past halfway through it now, but um, yeah. there's definitely still stuff sitting around that I can throw in it that is from it. I've been kind of just tossing to the side of the pile as I'm, as I'm shoveling it all around. Um, so that's that made me kind of mad, but that came later. The potting soil, yes, you hit the nail on the head when I described how, uh, yeah, there was just like wood chip chunks. And, and you read the bag and it's just like, you know, it says potting soil, nutrient dense, whatever – And so I thought there'd be no problem, bought way too many bags of it, started using it. And yeah, didn't feel great filling trays full of it and putting seeds into it. And stuff was germinating fine because there was enough nutrients. But I mean, it is now 100% night and day when I can look in the greenhouse and see, like yesterday I planted kohlrabi and uh, two of the trays were started March 5th, which is a long time ago, especially for kohlrabi. A kohlrabi seedling usually only takes, I don't know three to four weeks to get to size to plant well the ones that are starting the crappy potting soil on march 5th were just these tiny little stubby things turning yellow and then i had started some kohlrabi uh the end of march i think march 26th and i planted them at the same time this week because they looked about the same size not even actually the the newer ones looked bigger because they were the other potting soil and it's starting to just become really obvious like i know the date cut off when i switched to the other potting soil now so i can actually just mm-hmm. visually look and see like oh, okay yeah it's like <laughs> You know, I think the temperature fluctuation still definitely a thing, but it's like no, no. It's the garbage it's the garbage potting soil. Um so I mean, now I'm just like, all right, just get whatever those plants were that were in the crappy potting soil out of their trays into the soil on the farm and let them Get them into
0: that get them into rubber. that crappy compost. <laughs> get them into that crappy compost <laughs> and some clumpy soil they're, yeah. they're
1: destined Yeah, how for- <laughs> is your clumpy soil? Is it still clumpy? It's still clumpy. It's, uh, it's gotten a little better. Um, I mean, everything I've planted in that field actually looks great. Um, it really, when it's unfortunate or annoying is when I'm trying to weed. Um, so, you know, trying to drag, uh, I have a couple of different types of hose that I use, but you know, mm-hmm. it's just annoying when the soil's really clumpy and you're trying to kill these weeds. Um, so it's been a little bit of a pain. Um, How is uh, weeding going as a solo endeavor? It's going, it's going well. So I was going to say, I've, I just did a little count before this podcast. So I have 39, 50 foot beds planted right now. Um, or maybe 40, one of them is a hundred feet. So there's 40 beds on the farm, three feet wide, 50 feet long. And I feel, I mean, I'm not losing any fields to weeds or anything right now. And my current plan that I'm taking from a farm I worked at, uh, last year is every week I go around and pick an afternoon or something. It's a nice day. And weed the entire farm um that needs it which i'm trying to actually not even say if it needs it but just like going ahead and doing it every week because the thing that you're after when you weed weekly like this is there's a stage that weeds get to we probably talked about before it's called the white thread stage and that is just that these weeds are probably a couple days old they've popped above the soil they have little leaves but the actual stem on them is so skinny and small that when you kind of hoe it up it comes up really easily and the the stem is white usually Mm -hmm. and so that's considered like the white thread stage and that's you could drag a hoe through a bed of that kind of stuff and kill thousands of weeds now if you wait two weeks and you hoe that down they might reroute because they're actually pretty big now Mm -hmm. they you might have to actually just go ahead and get on all fours and pull stuff by hand um so right now i do a weekly weeding of everything how long does that take I mean, it'll take four or five hours. Um, it's not really too bad. So basically, I have I have like my tools of the trade that I roll out there with, and you now I go from the farthest outfield and work my way in. And uh, essentially, I there's you know a couple different types of hoes I use by hand for doing the actual bed tops, and then I have a really old fashioned looking tool called a wheel hoe, which is basically big metal wheel and has a, about a twelve inch blade on it um, called a scuffle hoe. And that's about the width Did of a pathway.
0: I am just holding it together barely over here, and then you throw scuffle hoe at me. <laughs> <laughs> Another name for it is stirrup hoe. That helps. That's, okay, I, I can. I, I think
1: I know what that actually looks like. It's called. Yeah. A, why is it called a scuffle hoe? Cause that's kind of the little process you're you doing when you, when you <laughs> you're scuffling because it has a blade on the front and the back edge of it, yeah. so you can cut forward and back. That process will cut it both ways. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to make you make you giggle over there with my farm talk. No, it's fine. No. It's fine. I'm a mature adult. <laughs> yeah, you are. And so basically, then I'll use that wheel hoe on all the pathways. And so you know, if I'm quick about it and the weeds aren't bad and the soil's decent, not counting the clumpy soil field, I will. The worst part is right now almost everything is under remay or under the the fabric for keeping bugs off, keeping deer away, for a while it was for keeping the cold off. Everything's under that kind of stuff. So usually before when I get to a field, I uncover everything, which is just like walking down the row and pulling up sandbags and uncovering it.
0: Um, and then
1: I'll go through weed all the bedtops with whatever little hand hoe that I'm using. We I thought the I thought that was
0: to keep weeds from growing.
1: So there is tarps that you put down that is plastic to keep weeds from growing. And then there's landscape fabric, which is – so basically there's row cover and landscape fabric. Landscape fabric is actually tight to the soil. You plant into it. And then row cover is a floating thing that you put over metal hoops, and that's what keeps bugs off. And which one
0: do you have again?
1: Right now I have a ton of row cover on. Oh, So stuff is just protected from – from pests and from gotcha. cold, but there are select crops. And earlier this year, I was burning the holes with the bean can in right. landscape fabric, which will go down soon when I plant my sweet potatoes and when I plant my winter squash. Um, and I can plant other things into it. It's just a matter of how much of this landscape fabric do I want to use. Um, I'll, I, I'll probably get more selective with it as I learn that you know certain fields can be way more weedy than other fields, whether that's it's their first year of production or different things like that. I might selectively start putting other things on landscape fabric. Um, it's more of a partly moral thing of like how much plastic do I want to introduce onto the farm, even though it's reusable. Um, also, can right. be a time sink to 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 install it, and can be a pain in the butt to to you know store it every winter. But plus, you gotta eat I beans. I will beans. You gotta eat a lot of beans. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure how many uh, how many pieces of fabric you can burn with one bean can. They don't put that on the label. Um, which is weird. I should talk to Bushes, I guess. But you get to play with a flamethrower, so. That's also, that can offset it, which can be fun. Um, So, yeah, I will be using more of that. But basically, weeding's going well. I'm feeling like I'm still really on top of things. I'm still running almost everything as essentially a one-man operation with usually one day. Uh, I have uh, one of the owners out here helping me, which is great. Um, Usually we try to push, you know, some extra big projects on those kind of days. But otherwise, it's just me rolling along right now. And my goal is definitely to maintain that as long as possible. But mm-hmm. um, who who knows? You know, when that 98 degree day gets around and it's 100% humidity and I'm dying, it might be the day that I actually wish I had a second set of hands to pick something. So yeah. um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, that'll be definitely a thing that I talk back and forth with them pretty often on. But uh, every week, essentially, the the number of beds planted <laughs> grows. Um, so But yeah, that's pretty much most of, I mean, it is, but also what I'm doing right now, you know, things have mellowed out planting, weeding, and then slowly the harvests are starting to grow a little bit more and more. So. Cool. Are you harvesting anything new? Um, yeah, I broke, I started harvesting into my kale chard and collards this week, which was exciting because, uh, I just couldn't believe how fast they grew. They were one of those things that I planted in that crappy potting soil. So I kind of thought when I put them in the ground, you know, they might be pretty shocked. It might take them a while to kind of figure out what's going on as soon as they got out of the, the, the trays, right. but they grew really quickly. Three weeks I'm picking off them already. Um, I do have my spinach is going to be picked for this weekend. head lettuce, uh, soy, which is another Asian green. Um, those are all new things. I think have that's you basically eaten
0: any of these things. Have you cooked them up for yourself?
1: Yeah. So I made, I had a friend visit, uh, one day this weekend and I made a arugula pesto pizza, which was great. Um, using our arugula. Um, I have, I haven't cooked the, uh, the bok choy yet. The turnips I've, I've sauteed. That was really, really good. Uh, I've eaten a lot of the greens and stuff raw um trying to eat and use more of it um one to keep my grocery bill down but two just to like you know it helps to be able to talk and tell people what you make with it yeah. <laughs> and i can't you know i can always fall back on my old classic but you know my cookbook's real short when it's just called saute that with uh, some oil and some garlic salt and pepper <laughs> you good yeah <laughs> well especially if somebody asks you how to cook garlic
0: you can't even say that then
1: i mean no you're right <laughs> i
0: can't i settle for the next leave one, out which the is garlic r-
1: i guess roast it. The next one is then you just roast it in the oven and then oh, you yeah, can roast, roast that garlic right. in the oven. 375,
0: 25 <laughs> minutes and then check on it, you know, every 10 from there. Oh yeah. Perfect. It's
1: and then the summer, the summer equivalent is put that on a grill, grill it. Yeah. <laughs> it was All grilled veggies taste pretty good. Um, I think one of the things I've learned as I have developed
0: my cooking skills, which are very basic, but enough to where, you know, I'm cooking every day for myself is that it's pretty hard to mess up.
1: Yeah, you can, there can definitely be a window where you don't nail it exactly, but it's always it's still good. It's
0: still it's good, still yeah. good. And you don't have to worry so much about like, oh, how long do you, like, when it smells like
1: food and it looks like food, it is food and you can eat it. Yeah. You say that now, but then when you're the guy over there giving yourself food poisoning because you didn't cook your sausage long enough, and I, you're puking the next day after recording a podcast.
0: <laughs> if you, obviously you failed at One of those two things,
1: it must not have smelled right. It must not have looked right i and guess the looked right would have been where it was at probably if i cut it when well, i did cut it open but you know it looked cooked all the way through but what do you <laughs> who knows who knows what good. happened or someone poisoned me i could have been poisoned you know probably really do you have any up.
0: do you have any enemies out there in tennessee yet just, just flossy <laughs> <Just Flossie. laughs> and we've learned that Flossie is a little more direct in his yes. slash her state in their yeah. uh hatred for you um i don't really see Flossie going uh Going the poison route. Have we, are we? Have we decided is Flossie a male or should we be using kind yeah. of they
1: them pronouns here? What's I the think deal with Flossie? Use, it's, it's it's a, he/him it's a he him situation for sure. There's okay. no no goose eggs unless unless he unless she lays them and eats them. I don't think anything's going. I haven't seen a single goose egg. And then a lot of the uh, the mannerisms are really giving off a strong male energy. <laughs> so yeah. I think a that's of, the verdict. A lot of a lot
0: of taking up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. A lot of mansplaining being yep, really excited so... about about Batman movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Classic um, male. Okay. But all right, well let's see what else we got on here. I see a very exciting thing that says snake count too. Because last time we <laughs> checked we were at snake count zero. So you yeah. made a big a big jump into starting a snake count. Tell me about these snakes.
1: Um you know what happened quickly, Sam, those two are today. Um, wow. so we got a pretty good rain um Earlier, it hadn't rained actually in a long time. Ever since the flood, we'd been pretty much getting maybe just a sprinkle here and there, but nothing sizable. But this afternoon, it probably rained about an inch pretty quickly. And I went down because the river was running fairly high, and I was just kind of walked down to the river to see what was going on. And I was actually walking along the riverbank a little bit and keeping my eye out for snakes. Like I'm always, I'm always on the snake hunt because I'm just afraid. I'm so scared of walking on top of a snake. And so I was walking along the the bank, and then I saw a little opening. I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna cut through here." to get to the water. And then uh, before I do that, let me look down. I looked down about like three feet away from me. There was a cotton mouth, which is a venomous water snake, uh, coiled up, um, did have its mouth open, kind of hissing at me. Um, wow. I was still fairly far away. It wasn't like a mat. It wasn't massive or anything. So yeah. that was my first one. So I finally like first got a visual on what this, this snake looks like and looked it up to see if it was a cotton mouth. And it was, they're basically like a, a black and like a darker brownish, uh, stripe basically snake and what uh,
0: happens if you get bitten by one is this one of those like uh i mean it's not like a, oh you're dead within a minute situation no. what's the what's the game plan if you do get uh, get bit. by a cotton I mouth. Think, yeah
1: i think the first thing i do is call bill my neighbor who's lived here for a long time i know in the cabin they have like what they call like a snake kit which is some type of uh uh, first aid kit specific for snake bites. I'm not sure what all of that entails, but I would probably it was call probably him or his something. Wife. It's probably like a like
0: a shot of whiskey and like I don't know, <laughs> like a piece of candy for you to enjoy as you take yeah. your dying breaths. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's probably right. And so, and then I You think might want that, to double I'm, check that before you need it. Yeah, that's true. We're trying to make my own steak kit, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um and then I think I think it is a situation where you go to an urgent care or something to To hopefully get, you know, I'm sure it's pretty common down here. That's, you know, the two venomous snakes they deal with the most are Cottonmouth and Copperhead. So I'm sure that if you run to an urgent care, they're, they're equipped for it. But I should probably, now that it is officially snake season, I should probably work on a game plan, kind of like you have, you know, a tornado plan, all those different things. I should probably get one of those. Um but I did just do right before we started the podcast. I was just like, "Well, how many snakes could there be in Tennessee?" And I'm talking, not, I'm talking just like different types. Michigan, we had the what like four. It was like a garter snake. Supposedly there was a rattles, uh, you know. I've never seen, I've the, seen the rattlesnake, a rattlesnake snake like in Michigan. Michigan. Have you? So yeah. I did. There's not many in Michigan. It's got to be less than eight. My guess is different types of snakes. And I was doing a quick search on my way <laughs> before we started that podcast and. 32 Sam there are 32 yeah. different types of snake down here which is horrifying <laughs> and I, I am hoping I never see all 32 varieties so
0: um, the second one was it another cotton mouth or did you get to yes yeah, so two I off in, your bingo card
1: you No, know, it was two cotton mouths I think um there is another type of water snake around here that's non-venomous but does look like a cotton mouth um but I hopped in the cat and was kind of just, I drove over to the other side of the farm uh to get to the other side of the river i couldn't go through it because it was too high so i went around and was just driving along the bank kind of just checking things out and um i was just driving along and just pretty much right on getting coiled up laying there was just another cottonmouth kind of sitting over by where we crossed the river basically um just watching the water and uh Waiting for same you. same type, i guess so you know same type of snake it didn't uh didn't acknowledge me at all um but that officially – we've been thinking like, well, we haven't seen many snakes this year. Maybe they're not going to be a problem. Maybe they'll get washed away with the flash flood. But uh, no, they were biding their time is what I'm guessing. So <laughs> so they're yep. here, and that count's only going to go up. All I'm hoping is that that count stays um, in conjunction with me finding the snakes near the water. Um, the second them bad boys are on the farm, this farm is – it's done. I'm up for a throat s- snakes,
0: Do snakes like veggies?
1: I don't – Do they veggie, veggie veggies, snakes? I like rice. They probably like <laughs> they, just, they probably like the mice that I'm you know, I was dealing with. Um, what would you rather have, mice or snakes? Take your pick. You know, it depends on. I don't really see either of I, I don't see either of them like at all at the because I don't really see the mice at all. They're just gonna get their you know the after effects of them, um, except for when I was catching them in traps. So if I don't really see the snake and it's keeping things in check, I'm kind of okay with that. Um, I mean, basically. I am such a, a northern boy down here, which is the fact that every time I lift something up now, it's a I'm expecting to see a snake because I feel like a snake can't surprise me if I always expect it. <laughs> that's so that's my motto is always well, expect a snake.
0: Yeah. I mean, anytime we were in Kentucky and I lifted something up that was outside, I was looking either for a snake or a crawfish.
1: Yep, Or lizards. Sometimes. You get or lizard. lizards. Yeah. And I have seen I have seen I spotted my first lizard yesterday. Uh, he's a cute little red guy. Did not get to see him very closely, but um he was in the greenhouse. So that was one of my favorite things thing. about California. Lizards. lizards everywhere, man. Really? They all see all running around on the
0: sidewalk and stuff. They're like squirrels, except they're also squirrels. <laughs> so what is that?
1: So what does that make squirrels? <laughs> I don't know. They're like furry lizards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, so yeah. Snake count two, lizard count one, bite um, count zero. Bite count zero, which is great. Um, other than that, I had the top bullet there is just kind of funny. I, so I finally submitted that CNG paperwork yeah. and, you know, after doing all the actual inspections, sitting down, filling out some open-ended questions, yada, yada. And I mean, I, I say it's funny now cause I'm hoping there's no big fallout from this, but I emailed it in and the lady emailed it back. said, thanks for sending it in. Um, is this, this, you put in your inputs, you know, which is to say like, this is where we get our compost. This is the potting soil, um, whatever. And so I had all my stuff on there. And the potting soil I switched to after I had the crappy potting soil is this big company that's pretty common. And I had seen that we had had – when I first got to the farm in the winter, they'd had like a one and a half bags left of this potting soil from this company. And so I saw that. you know, I used it a little bit for some of the starts and then bought my own crappy stuff. And I was like, OK, I need to replace the crappy stuff. I'll go buy the stuff that they used to have. Well, I went and bought it and I maybe – who knows? Maybe there's a bunch of different varieties of it. I think there are. And I didn't read the bag close enough with the guy beforehand, but she basically emailed back and said, hey, is this, I saw you linked that this is the potting soil you use. Is that true? Or am I, do I have the wrong one here? Because if that's true, that's one that's not allowed under CNG, like, um, <laughs> rules. Nice. And, for, and I mean, let me, let me pick up the wording she used. Cause like, it's you know, it's tough. I mean, there are, you do, you are looking for things which is called Omri approved, which is organic something, you know, it's a, an index that's for basically tracking, um, Things you can use on your farm that are organic approved. Yeah. And so that's usually what I look for. But um, I had already seen this brand used here. And so I just bought it when I was at the farm supply store in Kentucky. And I was like, okay, this is perfect. It's fine. Stuff is growing great. And yeah, now um, we know why. Filled with, yeah. with
0: <laughs> chemicals, filled with drugs, well, filled the with frame- plant
1: steroids. The phrase that it was told to me that I was using is that you know it's not allowed because it uses a this is in quotes now wedding agent and then also a standard fertilizer charge I don't know what either of that means um <laughs> but I guess the fact that I don't know what that means maybe that makes it bad so <laughs> I emailed I' emailed them back and said like I'm so sorry like I was going based off of something that had been previously used on the farm you know this is my first time being CNG certified like I just got down here I'm well I will gladly start I'm gonna go buy a different potting soil right away. Um, cause I will now that I know, but, um, I'm just hoping that they don't be like, well, actually now we need to send somebody out to inspect your farm. It's like, Oh, but I think I'm hoping yeah, that now like, you might be on their shit list. I might be on, their, <laughs> I might be on their shit list and it might be a matter of like, well, now there's gonna be a lot of follow up back and forth. Um, I'm hoping that's not the case, but like I did make a mistake and I understand that, but it's also like, okay, there's a lot of potting soil out there <laughs> and I'm just, I was just trying to find the right one to use yeah. and I, uh, goofed up. I just thought it was funny that basically less than 12 hours after I submitted, it, I got an email back that was like, "Wrong, <laughs> you did it. You wrong. think you're
0: certified naturally grown? Lie, nope. sir.
1: Nope. So I will. There will be some follow-up, follow I'm sure. Um, ideal. The ideal follow-up is, hey, no problem. People make mistakes all the time. Um, please link potting them that soil. you end up it's not like. It's not like this is filling your fields." No, it's not like I have like, and one of my little lines it says, and you know, I had a crop duster fly over and drop <laughs> <laughs> roundup to kill all the weeds. Like it's yeah. you know, uh, it's a thing that I've, and so far of the bags I've bought, I've used like one and a half. So it's yeah. not like my whole farm is filled with it. Um, and luckily, my seeding has really slowed down now that I have a lot of my stuff already started. Um, so I'm hoping that I can I can remedy this without uh, a big issue, a big issue. But we'll right. see. Who knows how uh, this will this will kind word, of prove, maybe. like how much of a stickler they are compared to organic certification this i'm this just a little
0: bit excited cert- i'm just a little bit excited for you to get a taste of working with a bureaucracy even a very light bureaucracy um yeah like i do uh, every day i i'm not working with
1: light bureaucracies but you know you could come into my world a little bit yeah it might be like that i mean that's what the organic certification was like if this if i made that mistake with the organic certification oh, like
0: they come burn your farm
1: down they just take it from you that's that they they own that now and um but no i think i mean who knows this i don't know if that would be a big enough um mistake for an organic certification but when you lose your organic certification because of breaking a rule you cannot reapply to be organic certified for three years but in that three year in the penalty box But that that penalty box is three years long, and it's also a matter of you need to be maintaining organic certification processes, not paying, but doing everything organic certified way for three years before you can try again to get certified. And it used to be it used to be seven years, I'm pretty sure, and they they walked it back to three. And you know, there's sometimes for sure people make like people actually do try and cut you know cheat the system, but you can lose organic certification like if you have a farm next to you that is conventional. Right. and you get pesticide drift where they spray their pesticide or herbicide on a windy day and it gets all over your farm and then you know lo and behold you lose your organic certification because your neighbor uh, was basically inconsiderate so that's um it can be it can be pretty frustrating for the ways that people do so i don't think this is going to be that bad um the good news is too like i can i've talked to the owners already and told them like hey we we already got feedback that i made a mistake this is the thing i did wrong um i don't foresee losing my job over it but Right. <laughs> who knows um but yeah so that was that was that was my week pretty much that's cool and you're all vaccinated oh, i'm vaccinated which is great i uh, will see if i get hit by any side effects today or tonight slash tomorrow feeling okay right now i'm a little sweaty but i think it's just because i turned my air conditioning <laughs> off and it's like 75 degrees outside right now yeah we, uh, had a, we had a nice toasty one today we were up in the high 80s yeah, we were in the mid 80s and then the rain rolled in. And now actually the reason I was driving around was because everything was covered in like a really cool f- a fog was coming off the river because the water was so cold. Um, but yeah, so and then this weekend I do have we're going to do kind of a, a mini market set up on the farm. So that'll be kind of the first taste of farmers market kind of stuff. But without what actually is that, what does that mean? Um, it's just a so what it is actually is a children's theater is performing at the barn um these kids are putting on a show that we mm-hmm. kind of i think mary Britton volunteered the the barn for this uh event and one of the things that they wanted was us to set up if we had produce to sell to sell there because it's kind of going to be treated like a uh um you know like a day on the farm there's going to be food trucks and stuff and they're That's kind of cool. encouraging people to have picnics and hang out yeah i think it's a chicken and waffle food truck which is pretty Ooh. sweet so uh that's so we'll see good. if I get, if I scoop up some chicken and waffles, I'll take a picture and, and send it you. Are they going to serve you it in to... a waffle cone? Oh, really? Cool. That sounds
0: incredible. Yeah. Um, as part of the this whole um, kind of day on the farm, are they encouraging you to dress in traditional farmers' garb, which is you know, as you, the, as we, as everyone knows, it is overalls with no shirt. Which, as
1: we should say, going back to our name part, that's a throwback to yes. Granddaddy Otha. Oh yeah. <laughs> He rocked it with one strap, though, would not he? Or now, or did he just knock it with a, kind of like unbuttoned uh, a little bit? You're actually thinking of Maymar.
0: Oh, Maymar, Maymar the overalls. Maymar was all about the uh, overalls with no shirt. That's, uh, that's Grand a Otha was always a pretty uh, put together dude. From gotcha. you tell me
1: overalls and no shirts, not put together? <laughs> I mean, it's a different type of put together. Let's just that's call true. it what it is. Yeah. So, we are going to be selling there. Um, who knows? I, we, I don't even know how I have to harvest for this, and it's kind of hard to even like. How many bunches of certain things do I bring to this (laughs) event? Um, You know, are many people going to be looking to buy radishes after this this little theater performance? Are they going to want to eat chicken and waffles like I would, and then (laughs) leave? Well, well, Um, I mean, on of all the things that you could harvest, what goes best with chicken and waffles? uh, uh, Honestly, like, yeah. What do you What do you want in there? You don't want. You don't Uh, want. Maybe some lettuce, I guess. But I don't know if I even want lettuce in my chicken and waffles. Really. (laughs) um so so we'll see um i mean the worst case scenario is if i didn't harvest enough uh i can always jump to the other side of the river come back to the farm,
0: yeah hop over there uh pick some
1: (laughs) stuff what they what i would want with my chicken waffles is some honey you guys got any bees wait how are we we not talking about this do you guys have any bees we don't have any bees there's been why not um hey man i have a lot going on i'm not about to just start start doing beekeeping as well oh bees Um, basically keep themselves (laughs) <laughs> that's what the, everyone knows that um <laughs> yeah. uh, they just need a house they we're gonna we're gonna we're looking into it um there was a friend or someone that they knew who was interested in keeping bees and they volunteered the farm so it'd be great if somebody else kept the bees you know i would love to benefit from the pollinators and everything from it so i'm thinking that the honey will be possible next year maybe so we'll see cool all right but i'll be about a, you we didn't I'll talk be your guest uh, beekeeper Oh good! A guess beekeeper who I don't know if he knows anything about beekeeping <laughs> other than what he's picked up on YouTube videos. I've
0: watched some YouTube videos. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. You're I right. I not
0: recently. I kind of have grown out of my watching bees on YouTube phase, but I've, I uh, feel like so I've retained s- yeah. some things.
1: Yeah, it's so sad when when kids grow up, you know, <laughs> they lose their dreams, <laughs> yeah. stop watching videos on how to keep bees. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah. So that's it. All right, cool. I feel like we didn't, we didn't talk about. Well, last week you talked a lot about the ready stuff, and we didn't really get a chance yeah. to uh, to yeah. talk anything about what you're doing at work. I don't know if there's any new exciting things that have happened in the past two to three weeks. No. Uh, you, you mentioned the virtual really. assistant was going pretty well. Yeah.
0: Um, I've basically, you know, this is the last, I think my, I'm on like a weekly pl- or a, a monthly plan where I get like a certain number of her hours, um, and I think it mm-hmm. renews next Friday. And she only has like two hours left. So she's not even doing anything for me this week because I want to save those two hours for next week in case things come up. But she's been doing uh, all sorts of useful things, which I think I've already talked about a little bit. Uh, But most recently, I've been doing some interviews with this executive for a case study that I'm writing uh, for the Ready. And I have been giving her – so there's this program called Descript where you can give it an audio file. And it automatically transcribes it the best that it can using mm-hmm. AI, and it does a surprisingly good job, and it even can detect multiple speakers and um, divvy them up and just transcribe the audio file. So I had the program do that, but then I had her go through and just clean up the errors so that it's easier to, to read, because as you can imagine, an AI-driven transcription service is going to make some, some errors. Um, and then I, as she was going through it, I just had her listen for... I think as I described it, uh, quotes from this executive that would you could feasibly see as like a pull quote in an article. So if she said mm-hmm. something that sounded kind of like good or grand, uh, yeah. I just wanted her to like pull it all out so I could see all of those things and help me as I'm writing here. Kind of go there yeah. first for
1: for quotes that I'm that I'm looking for, which has that's, been helpful
0: um, to have it, someone like clean up that work.
1: I was gonna say that's kind of like what we wish someone did for podcast titles for us. Yeah. You know? <laughs> To a, Honestly, lesser, to a lesser extent. <laughs> I don't think it would be a great use of her time to
0: have her sit for an hour and listen to our podcast to come up with a stupid Whoa, ass title. what are you trying uh, to say here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say I don't get that many hours and I obviously go through them pretty quickly, so I up think it, we do man, a great up job. the with contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I'll we'll, we'll talk I'll see if my colleagues are on board with that idea of uh, paying more money from the ready <laughs> to uh, have her pick titles for our podcast. I thought we were basically the Reddies podcast now that we got on the, <laughs> the newsletter. <laughs> well, I think the podcast that Aaron and Rodney do called Brave New Work is actually the Reddies ah. podcast. We're the we're the unofficial um, kind of you yeah. know like pirate radio version of the Reddy's podcast. Exactly. That's like eighty percent about farming.
1: <laughs> that's what everyone wishes they were probably learning about when they listen to the Brave New Work podcast. They're like, Man, this yeah. podcast is great, but I wish I had farming. More farming. Like- not enough goose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so that's going well. I mean so last uh, Monday no Tuesday yesterday I did a uh, I ran a 5 hour workshop with a 7 person team um at my my client where we were looking specifically at structure and some structural exper- experiments they could potentially do. This is a team that we have been not actively working with this whole time uh, but have a long-standing relationship with and have done various things with them for a long time almost not from the beginning but from just a couple of months in uh, until now so they for the most part are pretty steeped in a lot of our stuff and they've been doing kind of a default operating rhythm and their own experiments for a while and they came to us and asked our for our support in running them through uh, what we call a structure workshop, or really it's just a way for a team to look at uh, its structure and um, think about how it could be better with our kind of take sprinkles on top of it. Gotcha. Did it go well? Yeah. It was a... It did. It did go well. I had a colleague with me, one of our newer colleagues who hadn't run a structure workshop yet. So we um, co-facilitated it for the first half and then she had to leave to go get her second vaccine. Um, But it was good. It's always good to bring somebody along who hasn't necessarily done one of these kind of standard workshops. I mean, it's a standard workshop, but we don't do it that frequently because we actually usually steer teams away from structure as of the first place to experiment because a lot of times that is where the leader's instincts take them to structure because that's all they in the past have really known how to change. Uh, basically changing the org chart around in some leaders' minds equals like making meaningful organizational change. And really, and I think we've talked about this, all it really does is create a bunch of churn for the organization. So generally we're steering teams away from it, but because this team has been doing other experiments for a long time and they understand that idea... Um, we thought it was safe for them to to poke around their their structure yeah. a little bit.
1: This is you, you are yeah you were talking about you know when people make that kind of change. You are talking about a company that you've been working for that has done what, how many reorgs slash shake them oh, yeah, so up many. since you've been doing this? So, <laughs> this, so,
0: many. Yeah, so, so many, so many, so, so
1: that's a kind of a, the epitome of what you're talking about with, with changing yeah, and structures.
0: They've all experienced it—the negative aspects of, of that. So, like, they're very on board. But there are some of the tensions that teams, or you know, larger teams of teams, will face that are really about how we are structured to to do the work. If your structure, often the the, the way this often shows up in these hierarchies, in these uh, kind of more traditional organizations, is that the formal structure, the kind of org chart, the pyramid sort of thing, with you know, someone at the top and people reporting down, um, is not actually a very good representation of how value is generally created in these organizations. Mm-hmm. And if you get too wrapped up in that formal structure, that formal hierarchy, they can cause a lot of problems in actually getting the work done. And there are certainly more adaptive ways to think about structure than a traditional org chart. And we generally encourage teams, and this comes from a lot of other thinkers in in the org design space with a little bit of our own stuff uh, sprinkled in, of drawing organizations as um, nested circles. So basically drawing a big big circle and putting your customers around the edge, the outside of the circle, and then visualizing the team's that actually interact with your customer, interact with the market as being on the edge of your circle. And then thinking through what roles do we need on this team to make them as capable as possible of providing value to, to um, to that customer. And we break up the work into roles, which are just kind of bundles of work to be done. And instead of having Names with job descriptions, which is traditionally how organizations think about team um, structure. we We think about very discrete and in individual roles that one person can hold multiple roles. We talk about roles, not souls. and when you when you break up the work that way, you can do a lot of interesting more flexible things and it's just it reflects reality a lot better job descriptions are made up of many many different roles that people hold at different times and actually Mm. blowing it out to articulate what those roles are and what they are responsible for and what we can expect from them and then breaking using that as the building blocks of our structure is just um it it reflects how value actually gets created a lot better than a traditional org chart. So walking a team through that basic idea, having them draw their current structure and kind of point to where it hurts. You know how is this structure uh, getting in your way, and then helping them think through. Possible better structures that could um, better serve them and instead of, you know, we don't leave the workshop saying like, okay, here's the one structure we're going to go do and then boom, here's a big reorg. It's more, all right, we have some, uh, a couple of candidate structures uh, that share some characteristics some some key ideas. What are some small things we can do to take steps in that direction to learn whether or not we're actually right? So if we think... Mm -hmm that if we maybe maybe in our in our um, ideal structure we have a bunch we have you know three or four customer facing teams that are kind of completely integrated and able to go and, and do that work well maybe let's just set up one and run it one run one of our teams that way for a few weeks and see what we learn and see how it goes and if it goes well then maybe we can do the others um, so that was the the thrust of, of the workshop and it was good it's been a few weeks since I have uh, facilitated an all-day type workshop and I kind of forgot how draining it is even when it goes well. And it's virtual. And it's virtual, (laughs) yeah, which it has been for a long time. Actually, the funny thing is about this team, so I distinctly remember the last time I did a major workshop with this team because it was the only multi-day, like, long... Workshop that I did in my old slash new office. So a year ago, (laughs) I had gotten an external office in a really nice office building down at the wharf in DC, and I had moved in. And I was there for one week before COVID hit. And in that one week, I facilitated like a two-day strategy meeting for this team specifically. So I told them all that their their faces were kind of triggering me and remembering the before times.
1: (laughs) They appreciated that and. And an and an office where, uh, if I remember correctly, there was a lot of uh, indecision of do I keep this office, even though you had not been there in in months, uh, yeah. if I remember correctly. I ultimately I uh, yeah, got rid of got rid of it, which was definitely the right call.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so. Well, you think uh, this is a totally off topic? But do you think you'll ever you'll go back and get one again? I mean, not like saying. Yeah, I don't Obviously, know. You know, like do you, do you still do you still value or think like man? I think it's still I think an office space. Um, outside the house is what you need or would like. I'm so torn on that.
0: Like right now, while Emily is still working from home, it doesn't make sense for me to do that. Like she doesn't want to be here by herself all day. I don't want to like leave her here by herself all day. Like that kind of sucks. It's like, I like being here together. Um, Mm. But when she goes back to the office, do I then go get an office? Part of me thinks like, well, that's really stupid because my home (laughs) office is actually like really well equipped. Uh, and he is big, and I have snacks, and... Uh, live sports? You have live sports outside. out the window? Yeah, watching this softball game out here. Um, still the same two teams, I think, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell who's winning. There's no scoreboard. Uh, but then on some days, I'm like, no, I want the, the purity of, like, my work lives in this yeah. other place, and it, I have to, like, actually commute to get there. And when I'm not there, I can completely forget about work and just be a person at home. Sometimes I'm okay. really drawn to that
1: modality yeah. as well. Question, though. Does that ever work for you? Do you truly leave the work in the Well, in I don't know. Office? I got to do it was, for
0: a week, man. I don't know. I, I mean, could to like, learn.
1: How about, okay. I'm trying to think even when you did, used to go to an office occasionally and stuff. Right, like, I had one. I did have one before.
0: That one, that one was different because it was a shared office. So I spent all my day in a stupid phone booth. Uh, yeah. So it didn't feel very fun. My new <laughs> office, the office that I had to give up was my own yeah. private office. I know. had nothing in there except very echoey walls. But I don't know. I think it's you're just, right. Uh, I am much more of a yeah. work-life integrator than a work-life separation kind of guy, yep. I think. Um, and I like – I like the simplicity of not having a separate space of like, is having all my stuff here. I think the only thing that would potentially change my mind on that, and this is part of the reason why I got the the office space originally is that if I'm working from home, I don't have a great place to meet clients. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to invite clients into my home to like work on stuff. So Having access to conference rooms and, like, a place of business where a client can come if we don't want to go to their office to, yeah. to do some work together, it's nice to have an office for that. However, there are other ways to solve that problem. All these co-working spaces will, will sell you a membership that basically gives you access to conference rooms if you need them. Um, so yeah. if I – and I don't – like right now, my client in this area, nobody's getting together. We're continuing to do everything virtually, so it doesn't matter. But if if that were to change, that's the only thing I could see potentially pushing me in that direction.
1: Gotcha. That um, I was gonna say the the whole idea of where. How did you describe it? Your work life integration uh, integration. Separation? Yeah, that's yeah. very uh, like a lifestyle thing. Like that's that's very uh, that's very farmery of you. I mean, you, you ask any you know any <laughs> yeah. farmer who essentially lives on their farm. Um, That is a hundred percent true. You know, every, you know, you could dip into work whenever and that's how that's how they want it. You know, there's some farmers who strictly want to live off farm um, to try and attempt the idea of being able to leave farming at the farm. But, um, you know, it's it's a hard thing to separate when. Um, on a sunny spring day, when it's you know during the day the inside of your greenhouse is up to eighty degrees and you need to open it and then at night you need to close it kind of thing you know it's just yeah. it very quickly becomes a lifestyle thing and I've always well, felt that Max, way about you could yeah
0: you could call me a farmer of organizations
1: I Cultivating. won't but I could you could <laughs> 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 all
0: right uh, all right we got to wrap up because I'm sitting here sweating and yeah. I'm hearing Emily gets rustling around in the background. I could tell her she, she's – I don't know, I don't think she realizes I'm still recording. Oh, I was going say, do you feel like you're missing out? Like she's maybe you, doing something No, fun? I just think we're like 30 seconds away from her busting into the room and being loud and, and just messing up the recording. Having a real Kramer moment? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just the door. <laughs> wow, I just realized that Emily is very much a Kramer. Yeah,
1: yeah she gives off Kramer like a vibes lot. for
0: sure. <laughs> Major Kramer vibes.
1: Um, okay, well, whatever. Do you, you want to mention the fact that you're – air quotes attending a conference. No, it's stupid. It's boring. Oh,
0: okay. I'm going to I'm going to a conference right now, sort of. Which all that means, all that means is that I basically bought access to a bunch of videos that I can watch. However, okay. there are some live aspects of it. There's like a live keynote each day, um, today and tomorrow that I'm going to. It's the um it's called the Atlassian Team 21 conference atlassian is a software company that makes a tool called trello and jira and confluence Uh, (laughs) some of those we use uh at clients or even within the ready and they also kind of care about like org design in like team design type stuff so i thought i'd go and uh see
1: what's up can you give me the name of the conference one more time at what was it atlassian team 21 that sounds like a sailboating race across the the world. That sounds like a circumnavigation. <laughs> I mean, they are an a, Australian
0: <laughs> company, so I bet you they like sailing. Also, all Australians sail. I think that's how you, they got there in the first place.
1: That's not true. Yeah, that's not true. But it just sounds like it just has the 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 ring of uh, of one of those one of those sailing races that Dad yeah. would watch on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Atlassian. Yeah. But okay, uh, to wrap up, anything interesting happening in that softball game? You, you described a guy hitting a dinger right when we started. Uh, no, I, I wonder if here, anything else exciting Play has by
0: play on the next pitch. Here we go. Guy in gray it's, lobs it over the plate. He makes contact. I can't tell if he popped it up or if he crushed it. <laughs> nope. Into the outfield. Jeff. Outfielder
1: caught it. Okay. Good play. I man, a lot of yep. a lot of big hits over there. it Sounds like. Well, it it is slow pitch softball, so I would hope you'd so. be surprised. You'd be yeah. surprised. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, man. We're done. Shower. See you later. See you next year.